Chicago is more than great food, iconic sports, legendary music, and crooked politicians. It's a community of people who, at their core, care about one another and their city. We're chatting with new and native Chicagoans about all things local on The Chicagoan Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to The Chicagoan Podcast. Today I'm joined by Umbly Jose, a woman of many trades. Emily, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. You're very uh, warm, you know, positive energy, which I really appreciate. Likewise, thank you. So um, you are a woman of many trades. You're doing a lot. And, you know, we're we're talking about just some time that you spent in Florida. You went to FIU down in Miami, right? But now um, you work for Pepsi. Mm -hmm. And you also do fashion, you know, some blogging, content, podcasting. Tell me... Just a little bit about who you are and how how you <laughs> how we ended up here. <laughs> Let's just say that when you're single and you just live with your thoughts, just different things come out of, of it, I would say. Um, it started off, everything started off for me in the pandemic. I think we were talking like mm-hmm. off mic about it. Um, 2020, um, I was working in Seattle, Amazon, and I was really stressed out. Um, I wasn't really happy with my job and... Once the pandemic had hit, I was still working here, but I think that's when I just started to kind of reflect on my life and what I was doing. And I realized that growing up, um, you know, I grew up on the border of Wisconsin. I was pretty much like the only dark skinned girl in school or one of the only. And so naturally that came with bullying and I wasn't confident in my skin. I wasn't proud of my culture, which sounds so sad to say, right? Because Chicago is a blend of so many beautiful cultures, but I honestly was not proud of being in my skin, being in my identity. And so this was something that took me years to kind of reshape my thoughts and love my identity, love my culture. And it took a lot of just like reflection to get to that point. So during the pandemic, when, you know, I was alone in my thoughts and I was just thinking through like what it is that I could do to be an impact for someone else, I realized that there's probably people out there that still feel uncomfortable in their skin, still feel like they're being bullied for, you know, their culture, their identity, which is so ridiculous, but it happens, right? All the time. And so I decided that I wanted to be a change and it started off as a passion project on social media. And so I never really thought to myself I wanted to be, you know, quote unquote, an influencer. I never thought I wanted to work with brands like that all just seems so far fetched to me. A girl who studied accounting and marketing and, you know, just just saw myself saw myself in corporate like always. So it was just a passion project that started off on social media where I committed, I made an announcement and I was like, Hey, once a week, I'm going to post something of me modeling and I'm going to talk about my culture, whether it's different holidays, what the symbolism of like different jewelry means, whatever it is, just every week, just talk about it. And this was my way of healing my my inner self like my inner child which had wished that I who had wished that I had an older sister to look up to to say you know what like you are so beautiful in your skin like you are so your culture is so beautiful embrace it this is what makes you you so going through this process was very healing for me and I talked through like various stories from my long hair you're not going to believe this, but I chopped it off. What? Yeah, yeah. I chopped it off. I want to say it was probably like third grade. One of the kids in my class bullied me for my hair, said it was too long. And I went home, 
cried to my mom and I remember I convinced her to take me to like like the closest like haircut place and we chopped it all off so and she it let was, you <laughs> she she was hysterical Aww. like she could not believe that I did that but I I felt so good because I was like all right I just want to fit in whatever and I talk about it and I talk about that experience that I had and just watching all of the hair kind of cut off and just fall to the floor watching my mom's face and now and the, the piece of advice that I had was you know beautiful girl whoever's reading this like know that your long hair is not even just a resemblance of you but your ancestors and how much they value like long strong hair and like never let these like voices like undermine you so this was this was basically like an account where I was speaking to my younger self and surprisingly it got, and I didn't expect this, right? Because this was, essentially it was for me too. Um, it got attention. And so once it got attention, it started to, you know, I started to gain like, you know, X amount of followers, attention for what I was doing. I thought, what is that next step? Again, doing content creation, working with fashion brands. It wasn't necessarily something that I saw myself doing per se. I didn't think that I was good enough. But I reached out to one brand on a whim, again, never to content creation before where I was modeling for a brand, but on a whim, I just DM'd like a brand it was called Holy Chic by Mega. I think at the time they had like 60,000 followers. I didn't even know that they were going to read my message. Honestly, I just, I just messaged them. And I said, hey, I love your clothing. I love everything that you stand for. They were an Indo-Western fusion brand. So they incorporated Indian elements into their clothing, but then it was also westernized too. And I felt like that really resonated with my identity where, you know, I came to America, but my roots are Indian, but I'm also American. How do I merge the two? And I thought this brand really resonated with me. They ended up responding back. Yeah. And I think I had maybe like 2000 followers at the time. And they were like, we would love to work with you. Here's some clothing, please model it for us. And it was this boost of confidence and when I did it, I fell in love with the whole process. Again, I work from home on my computer on Excel all day, going through this process, getting to meet other creatives, photographers, videographers, makeup artists. What It was just so, it was just like a whole different world. And then that's how like fashion blogging started for me. I started with one brand and then kind of just worked my way up. And then now I'm doing foodie blogging, which is so fun, especially living in Chicago. You know, there's so much good food and drink here the best truly the best um so just started that and just kind of exploring like my creativity and just seeing where it goes what's the biggest thing when you know and thank you for sharing all that as far as the um like the lessons learned along the way because it sounds like you know part of that healing is also finding that identity right Mm -hmm. where you know the things that you were I don't want to say ashamed of, but yeah. maybe, you know, just didn't identify with or accept about mm-hmm. yourself. And I think we all go through that where, you know, it, it's this not accepting of who we are yeah. and then seeing other and saying, well, I want that, you know, and the grass is always greener. And then people look at you and think the same thing. Yeah. Right. So what were those biggest lessons that you learned along the way that if as you're learning them now, you would maybe tell yourself differently as, you know, that, that younger version of yourself? Such a good question. And I would say if there's one big lesson it's understanding what confidence really is because I think anyone can fake it till you make it right or like that that can be you know 
a form of confidence that we see on screen or with people. You just never know intentions per se, but true confidence in my eyes, and I would love to get your opinion on this too, um, it comes from getting out of your comfort zone. And so doing something like this passion project, right? And not knowing what was going to come out of it. Reaching out to that one brand that had, you know, say 60,000 followers and me never doing this before and seeing a positive result, that's confidence because you literally get out of your comfort zone and you see something beautiful come out of it. Or when people resonate with your message, right? And it's the more you get out of your comfort zone, the more naturally you are secure with yourself, confident with your message. And everything else just falls into place. So I think the biggest lesson that I learned from this is get out of your comfort zone. No, and I, think I think beautiful so things can come through. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And the the thing to, to to your point is that so often that happens even to me where I'll dread doing something that I've never done for the first time, mm-hmm. and then you go do it, and you're like, wait, mm-hmm. that wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Like you know, sitting on that side this. of the yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and as far as that, that healed version of yourself, when you think about healing, what were those things that you did in addition to that? I mean, you know, confidence is something you build when you get out of your comfort zone, but how do you, how do you heal? Like, how do you, what steps did you have to go through yeah. as part of that process mm-hmm. that I'm sure was a transformation also mm-hmm. in, in your content journey too, mm-hmm. that people would, are seeing you evolve as a yeah. person too. I think I, so growing up, like everything that I went through, kind of like the bullying, all of like the nink, all of it, I kind of internalized. I didn't talk about it with my family because I didn't think that they would understand, didn't talk about it with teachers. So essentially I didn't have a community. And so when I was able to openly talk about this on my platform and people were messaging me saying that they resonated with this message or something similar had happened to them and my story helped them heal. I think building a community was another way. It was, it was definitely part of that healing process too, because finally I was able to share my story and also build a community of people that supported me for me and valued me for me instead of feeling like I had to hide this or internalize it. Cause that clearly wasn't healthy. Um, so building a community, I think was definitely part of that healing process. And, and one of the things that we had talked before, you had said that, um, you know, your message is that it's a misconception that you need a big following to work with brands, right? You yeah. just have to start. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's it goes two ways where it's not just about building a brand or working with brands, but also building community, right? Mm-hmm. It's just starting. Mm-hmm. So did you ever have that moment where, well, I guess it sounds like almost like you didn't even anticipate that aspect of it. But when it comes to building community and having that, like, what does that mean to you? And what advice would you give to someone who you know, they don't have a sense of community. They don't, they don't feel like they belong somewhere. Yeah. Don't know where to start, you know, and even the idea of starting their own community sounds yeah. overwhelming. Like, right. what, what would advice would you give to people who are seeking that? That's a good question. And I feel like I'm still learning that because I moved to Chicago in October. Um, and I feel like coming here, it felt like a really fresh start. So I am still building my community. And I would say kind of, it goes back to just getting out of your comfort zone. If it means going to an event, like if you join, you know, an app like Meetup, or I know we were talking about how you're building a community here where you can find like like-minded people, just looking up different, you know, whatever your hobbies are, whatever your interests are, like wherever you're located, in the city or elsewhere, like look to see what organizations like offer similar services or if there are meetup groups for it. And even if you don't have a friend to go with, 
get out of your comfort zone go on your own you know how many times i've done that chicago girls who walk have you heard of this before oh i have yeah amazing i met yeah. one of my closest friends through chicago girls who walk i went by myself in the middle of winter Oh, or it was wow. like, not middle of winter, sorry. It was like probably like March, April. So still cold, right? Yeah, For Chicago, winter, it's so yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feels like winter. I went by myself and I met this girl. We were on the walk together and just so happens that we had so many similarities, so many like shared values. She became one of my closest friends and it came from getting out of my comfort zone. And so I think just putting yourself out there is the best way to build your community and like finding like people that have like-minded interests. A hundred percent. It's so true. And, and, and it's also that you're, you're creating that, that human connection, which is so important. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, from our previous conversation, one of the things that, that you had mentioned is, is wanting to come across with this and I'd love to get your kind of take on the behind the scenes of this, but it's also that, uh, people look at you online and think it's just a face, right? That it's not mm -hmm, real, mm -hmm. but that you're still a person. Mm -hmm. And there's all these things that I'm sure you have to deal with that when it comes to online behaviors and perceptions and treatment, that is very different than what someone would oh, treat yeah. you on in person, mm -hmm. right? Tell me about that, how you had to learn to navigate that to the point where it almost seems like that's part of now uh, a message that you want conveyed is like, hey guys, I'm still a person here, you know, not just this avatar on the screen. Yeah, I should probably be more vocal about that, to be honest. Um, there have been like messages that I've gotten, like some really like just nasty messages from people that at the end of the day should probably take some time to, it's, it's a reflection of where they're at in their life, right? Yeah. And so I've had people message me saying certain things like, you know, basically insinuating that I have like this quote unquote luxury lifestyle, which I don't. But, you know, just kind of insinuating that. And so when I get messages like that, instead of kind of ostracizing it or publicizing it, I think I just try to have like more compassion and like a heart to heart conversation. So example, when that happened, when this person that I thought was actually my friend messaged and said something like this. Yeah. Um, not a close friend, just like a distant friend. But when an she said that. An acquaintance, right? An acquaintance. Yeah. Um, I responded and I said, you know, I've worked so hard to get to where I am today to enjoy the fruits of my labor. If you need any help to do this, if this is something that you're interested in, or if you have any passions that you're interested in, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm happy to help you. And that turned into a lot more compassion on her side. Maybe she wanted to feel seen. Maybe she wanted to feel heard. But at the end of the day, it's kind of just taking those projections and then showing compassion, I think, has been my like route to it instead of spewing hate. That is a, a very great point. And it's easy to, to when it's that, that shade is thrown your way, that mm -hmm. you can become resentful or mm -hmm. combative in that way. And, and, and to have that compassion is very true because uh, come to learn that most of the time the people who are complaining and you know they're the ones that who need the most love, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And you really see that when someone reaches out. It's like, I don't get it. You know, we in this country, we, we, we glamorize you know, luxury and mm -hmm. everyone's after it. Everyone, you know, seeks that abundance and, and it's working hard. And mm -hmm. But yet somehow when people attain it, it's it's a bad thing. Yeah. But why is that a bad thing? Right. And all of a sudden, 
you know, if it were given to you, would right. you d- you turn it down? Right. Like, right. And even if you did, why are you judging someone? Right. Like, why is there exactly. even an opinion necessary? Right. Why is there an opinion even necessary right. on the way like, someone lives their life? Exactly. Right. Like, what is it to you? Mm-hmm. Like, turn away. Right. Exactly. And but so, I think it's a projection, right? 100%. Like it sounds like if someone's gonna spew that, deep down there's something missing within themselves, and it could be that they want the same thing, but instead of working for it or even knowing how to work for it, they spew hate. Oh, right? yeah, with no no clarity, no yeah. seeking understanding. Right. It's simply, hey, this is what I think, and mm-hmm. it's enough for me to say something, right. you know, and, and hopefully it's just to you, but oftentimes they'll say it to the world, mm-hmm. and, you know, next thing you know, they're spreading gossip, right. and, you know, so, yeah, it, it's toxic, and, and when you're building community, how do you, how do you, I mean, it sounds like you're doing, you know, being compassionate, but how do you create that community where you have a, a sense of understanding, but also uh, boundaries, right, where this type of stuff is not what you're looking for. So how do you cultivate a community around that where, you know, you, you get to be a little more selective about even the people that you work with, follow you, yeah. like all of that? I would say because I have kind of like how you mentioned, just a, a lot of things going on with like my full-time job and like graduate school and doing like my time is so limited. And so because of that, like off camera, like the people that I invite into my life in terms of friends, family, whatever the case, even brands that I work with, I have to make sure it aligns with my time and I'm sorry, (laughs) aligns with my values so I can give it my time. Um, just because time is so precious, right? And I try to like spend the most of it with friends, with my puppy, with my family, like what matters the most. So like when it comes to inviting external like things into my life, I just have to make sure it aligns with my values. It's so, so true. And and even now as you are kind of endeavoring into this new world, what are you finding or learning in this journey of um, being a content creator slash yeah. influencer and, you know, working with brands and yeah. now all of a sudden it's a very different life than your yeah. corporate, you know, yeah. job. Good question. And I feel like this kind of comes back to probably some of the things that I should be doing more of. Remember how I told you about the podcast that I have break the barrier. Mm-hmm. So break the barrier, um, showcases it started off like with South Asians, just pursuing roles outside of what's traditionally considered successful because, like a lot of immigrant families, immigrant families, like I'm not sure if like you experience this, Tony, but for us, it was either you're a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or you're not successful. Right. So for a long time, when like I strayed away from the path of medicine, my parents thought I was like a failure, honestly, a failure. And so just seeing people in our community become basketball players, DJs, like I interviewed a guy who was the DJ for the Chicago Bulls and he's South Asian, you know, like, yeah, Sonny, DJ Illis, which is so cool. But the thing is, you know, there's so many people out there doing incredible things, but there just isn't a path to, there isn't a path to kind of highlight that, right? Or like it's showing like uh, their story and how they got to where they are. And so doing something like that podcast, even though I stopped in December, um, doing something like that, I felt like it really resonated with an audience. And so we talked about this off mic. I feel like fashion, there's a niche for it. 
But I feel like something like a podcast or like foodie vlogging, which is more relatable, where someone can say, wow, I really resonate with this because I am seeing someone in my community do something that is so incredible. Maybe I can do that too. Okay, cool. Let me listen into this podcast. Great. She put that person's contact information. That person's willing to be a mentor. We're building community now. I feel so going off of like what you had said, I think I need to do more of that. I kind of want to, you know, I've been more and more inspired to like bring this podcast back and talk more about the things that are more relatable than just fashion per se. Yeah. And and that's, that's a great point. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is being relatable, but in order to be relatable, you have to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. And you have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what you're saying. You got to step outside of your comfort zone, right? And, And are you finding that as you know, the, the culture kind of shifts around podcasting being that, like, do you see that being a way that, um, we evolve into community is, you know, things like podcasts and that's how we, it's almost hard not to, right? I think so. Cause it's like a safe space to just talk and open up your feelings and just talk through what you're going through. And I feel like it's a safe space for someone to listen. They can listen to a podcast in their car when they're cooking, wherever. And they're able to get this message where someone is so vulnerable and they're talking about their story and it's a conversation that it can stir movement. Yeah, I've had people reach out to me. I feel so like, I'm just going to say this to you, but yeah, I stopped it in December. But you know, when I talk about these things, I'm like, okay, I need to start up again. Like I, I hear the movement that it's making. I've had people in our community say, you've inspired me to start a fitness page, or you've inspired me to do X, Y, Z. And these things are so hush hush in our culture, because again, being a doctor, lawyer, and engineer is the only path to success that's been kind of ingrained in us. So just having those dialogues about it and different careers, it's helping people to be maybe who they were meant to be, you know? That's a very beautiful point. Yeah, no, it's very true. So for you, what's the vision? What's next? What can, uh, you know, we we support you in? Thank you, Tony. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. I just feel like I have so many interests. I just kind of want to see where it goes. I don't, I don't want to limit myself. I kind of want to dabble in a little bit of everything. And I feel like it's kind of, it'll help me figure out what is that next step. I have no idea. I don't think there's like a linear way, right? Like, it sounds um, like you're having fun doing what you're doing, <laughs> I, Yeah, as long as you're having fun, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it and just kind of seeing what's out there. And I think the path will kind of come to me. As and I and for now, things. it's foodie blogging, though. A lot of it foodie is changing. Foodie blogging, today, yeah. yeah it's switching. I mean, I'm still doing some fashion, but like trying to get more into like foodie blogging. Definitely want to bring the podcast back. And then... Um, just recently started offering like content creation coaching to to anyone that is interested in it because I think there's that stigma kind of like how you touched on earlier people think you need like so many followers to do content creation which is not the case at all right right they want to see people just like us going out there promoting a brand that has a lot more resonance than you know a follower or like you know a content creator with like say 100 200,000 followers. Yeah. So the majority really of social yeah. media is uh micro influencers mm-hmm. and not these yeah. micro influencers. So For sure. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. And so how can people follow you? What can they find you online? Yeah, good question. Uh so my Instagram handle is umblyxx a m v i l y x x. That's probably my main platform that I use right now. Awesome. Easiest way to contact me. Well, Umbly, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you and I'm excited to have you a part of our community. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy our warm conversations.